just did, we're gonna do every day in heaven. Can we just get ready for it right now? You better cardio up, Jack, because that's all we're gonna do in heaven one day. And so I hate for you to be sitting around and saying, I need a breather, Jesus, King of kings, Lord of lords. Now, you better be ready to get your praise on in glory, amen? Hallelujah. No fat people worshiping up in heaven. They're all slim trim and Olympic athlete worshipers. That's what I'm talking about. Hallelujah. Where am I going? What are we preaching on today? If, if, we're gonna wrap this series up. Jesus says, this idea of following him. Listen, I want you to know, and, 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 and we're not trying to, to make this thing called following Jesus easy. I think we make it too easy. We dumb it down on what it means to be a disciple of Jesus these days, right? Jesus said some big time statements in scripture. We've been looking at them the last few weeks. He says this, you are my disciples if you love one another. Come on. Easier said than done, right? Right? You are my disciples, though, if you love one another. Jesus said that. Jesus says, you're my disciples if you abide in my word. Come on. Are you in the word of God? Do you read your Bible? More importantly, has it not, you don't just read the Bible for information, but you read it for transformation. It ought to change us, right? We ought to be living out the word of God, amen? Jesus said last week, you are my disciple. He didn't say it last week. He said it years ago, but we looked at it last week. Some of you are going, Jesus was here? Yeah, you missed it. You should have been in church. You never, you never know who's gonna show up. Kanye might walk in there, just kidding. That'd be awesome, though. We have church. Talk about cardio. All right, come on. Y'all quit that. You're messing me up. You're my disciple if you deny yourself. Deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow me. There, there's an incredible thing that happens uh, at the Dallas Baptist University. Go Pats, that's what I'm talking about. Um, every home baseball game at seven o'clock, taps is played. You see, the DFW National Cemetery is just outside of the outfield fence there and through some trees. And, and at seven o'clock, they play taps at the National Cemetery. And that through the, through the PA systems of the cemetery, it, it makes its way across the valley into that ballpark. And here's what happens at a baseball game at DBU. Seven o'clock when taps is played, everything stops as it should, as we honor those that have given up their lives, not just for these United States of America, but for the worldwide, amen? A runner could be between first and second base, but when he gets to second base, he stops, he takes his helmet off, and everybody stands at attention. Pitcher throws a pitch, catcher catches it, catcher holds onto it, he'll stop and pull his gear off, stand at attention. The game stops. We in the bleachers, in the stands, we all stand. We take our hats off and we stand at attention. We show allegiance to a cause and to a group that gave their very best. I love that. Plus, I love that DBU wins most of their games too. And so that's just, that's just how we roll, right, Boomer? Talked about them Oklahoma Sooners. I know it's off year. Whatever, we just beat them, Amen. <laughs> The word allegiance means to give, to show loyalty or commitment from a subordinate to a superior, or it's showing loyalty and commitment to, to some significant cause um, or purpose. Today, I want to look at another if statement that Jesus shared in the book of Luke. Say Luke. 
Luke chapter 14. I want to begin reading in verse 26. Jesus, this says, there's a large crowd that was following Jesus, and he turned around and he said to them these words. If you want to be my disciple, you must hate everyone else. Drop the mic. What? This Jesus who's loving and compassionate and heals people and makes time for the worst of sinners who hangs out with Jesus says, you are not my disciple unless you hate everyone else by comparison. Your father and your mother, your wife and your children, your brothers and sisters, yes, even your own life. Otherwise, you cannot be my disciple. And if you do not carry your own cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. I'm gonna drop down real quick to verse 33. It says, Jesus says, so you cannot become my disciple without giving up everything you own. Now, I I, I titled today's sermon, Making Jesus Your Prime Allegiance, because I didn't think Hating everybody would be a great sermon title for people, okay? But what Jesus is speaking to of here in Luke chapter 14 is this very thought. Jesus says, if you truly wanna follow after me, if you're gonna be called one of my disciples, that means that you must love me above everything. I wanna control the way you think. I wanna control the way you act. I want you to show obedience to to the the words that I share, but more importantly, the life that I model for you. Hey, graduates, listen, you will not go wrong wherever your next journey takes you. You will not go wrong if you follow Jesus. That is the standard. That is the metric. And some of you are going to be getting off in some institutions or venues that have some crazy thoughts out there and make it sound like the world is all about you. You are the boss. You're the driver. You just do what makes you feel good. I'm just telling you, it didn't work out so well when you live life that way. Anybody know what I'm talking about? But when this becomes your standard, Jesus, that's what he's trying to lay down for us here in Luke 14. He's not telling us that we need to kick our families to the curb. I know sometimes we want to do that, right? That crazy uncle that comes at Christmas, right? You know, got the motor home out front and he's dropping stuff. You know what I'm talking about. We all have them, do we not? But Jesus is not saying, I don't want you to hate your family. Jesus created family. God created family. He wants us to love our family, right? But what he's trying to paint a picture of for us, Marshall, is that everything else should pale in comparison to our love and devotion to the things he calls us to. Are we okay so far? I like it because we live in a softer softer culture these days, and we don't want to be so offensive. So the contemporary English version in, in Luke 14, 26 says it this way. You cannot be not a disciple unless you love me more Then you love your father and mother, your wife, your children, your brothers and sisters. You cannot come with me unless you love me more than you love your own life. There are a lot of people in our culture today that say, man, I wanna follow Jesus. I'm gonna do the things that he wants me to do. But let's just be honest with you. It's easier said than done, is it not? The last time I checked in America today, we still love ourselves. We like to do those things that, that we want to do, that get our motor running. We like to do those things that, that make us look better in the eyes of our peers because we want everybody to like us and see us as the life of the party. I'm just going to be honest with you. Sometimes the things that Jesus calls us to do will fly in the face of culture. 
and it will go against what's popular and it will go against what everybody else is doing. But if you truly want to follow Jesus, you will follow him. You know, those first disciples that sat and heard Jesus mention these words in Luke chapter 14, have you ever thought about what they gave up to follow him? I mean, first of all, he's from Nazareth. The religious leaders would say, Nazareth, can anything good come from Nazareth? That's not saying, can anything good come from Alamo Heights? I mean, I'm just, just kidding. Just, just kidding. If you've been in Bernie a long time, you get it, right? Bernie, Texas, gone forever. You get it. You people know what I'm talking about, all right? If you're from Alamo Heights, I apologize, but that I just offended you. See me afterwards and we'll go get a flauta or something, okay? So what was I saying? The disciples, that's what we were talking about. These, these guys gave up everything. They left their families. They left their businesses. They left their cities in order to follow this radical rabbi from Nazareth, a nowhere place. But yet they followed him. I just see, I see those guys who were fishermen, their, their, their boats and their nets left just on the seaside. They're, they gone. They're gone, and they're following Jesus. That's radical obedience. Would you agree with me? I mean, I don't know about you, but sometimes whenever I feel a nudge of the Holy Spirit, and by the way, anytime you feel a nudge that, 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 God, that God is saying, hey, I would like for you to step into this or do this, that's a work of the Holy Spirit in your life. He's there, and he's nudging you and saying, you do, do these things. And I just think, man, sometimes it's hard to do that, right? But, but yet these guys left it all great sacrifice in order to follow Jesus. They demonstrated tremendous obedience. But if there's a story that stands out to me out of one of the greatest obedience following in the footsteps of Jesus types of stories ever, it's found in the very first book of the Bible. What's that book called? Not appendix, but Genesis, okay? Genesis. In Genesis chapter 22, we read a story of a man that I believe demonstrates incredible obedience and faithfulness to God. His name is Abraham. You know that one we sang about and used to get dizzy and vomit all over the Sunday school classroom? Yeah, that father, Father Abraham, had many sons, right? How many of you know what I'm talking about? Thank you. I'm like, wow. 8.30, like, what's he doing? Abraham in Genesis chapter 22 is called by God to do something very radical. And in verse one of Genesis chapter 22, it says that God was, was testing Abraham's faith. Listen, God wasn't testing Abraham to try to cause him to fall and stumble and make a big blunder and ridicule him and embarrass him in front of people. But the reality is sometimes God tests us so that our faith and our obedience in him will grow. Sometimes you might just go through a test, a trial, uh, what we see is a setback, is a set up, I oftentimes say, for God to do something. And in Genesis chapter 22, God calls this man Abraham. And they've got a relationship, and God had, 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 had proven things to Abraham time and time again. And Abraham, but in Genesis chapter 22, God calls Abraham to do something really radical. In fact, I'm gonna just read a few verses. You can read it on your own this week and get in the Bible, it'll, it'll transform your life. Look what it says in verse two. God said to him, Abraham, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love so much, 
and go to the land of Moriah. Go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains in which I will show you. Now listen, sometimes you wanna get rid of your kids, don't you parents? But you really don't wanna get rid of your kids to this level. God has sent Abraham, I want you to take your son, the son, it says in scripture, that you love very much. And I want you to go to Moriah and I want you to offer him as a sacrifice. That was a 50 mile journey for them, by the way, three days. They were used to sacrifices. Isaac, this was nothing new. And, he, and when his dad said, hey, Isaac, let's gather the, the supplies to go offer a sacrifice to the Lord. He gathered everything up like he had done every other day of his life when it came time for sacrifice. The wood, the supplies, everything they would need for this long journey. And as they journey towards Moriah, Isaac begins to notice that something's missing. Dad, where's the sacrificial animal, right? You see, they didn't sacrifice humans before the Lord. They sacrificed animals. Isaac begins to understand that there's not one in his what to pack list as they make their way to Moriah. We know that as they get to Moriah some three days later, that Abraham does exactly what God called him to do. He lays his son Isaac on that altar and with a knife drawn, the Lord stops the process. And in verse 12, the word of the Lord says, don't lay a hand on the boy, the angel said. Do not hurt him in any way. For now I know that you truly fear God. You have not withheld from me even your own son. We know that Abraham looks off and he sees a ram caught in the thicket, the sacrificial animal. Isaac's life is spared. But God now sees how trustworthy that Abraham is. Listen, sometimes following God is a hard thing, is it not? It's difficult. And sometimes the things that God calls me to do or, or might cost me something dearly, something that I love, much like it was about to cost Abraham, his only son, Isaac. But I want you to know that there was a blessing that came through Abraham's obedience. Look what it says in verse whatever, 16 and 17. I mean, they're all good, but this is really good. This is what the Lord says, because you have obeyed me and have not withheld even your own son, your only son. I swear by my own name. First of all, God's the only one that can swear by his name, okay? You don't need to. That's not allegiance. I swear by my name that I will certainly bless you. You know what this story reminds me of? That there is indeed a cost to following Jesus, but it's worth it. There is a cost to following Jesus, but it's worth it. You know how God blessed Abraham, made him the father of many nations. His descendants were as numerous as the stars in the sky. Every enemy that Abraham and his descendants would encounter throughout their lifetime, God would go before them and help them defeat and overthrow the enemy. That's the blessing of God. Listen, there are things in our life that we all love. Sometimes God might be calling us just to be willing 
to lay those things aside so that greater blessing might come our way. When I grew up, I I learned a a verse of scripture as a kid, learned it to music. I love music. You love music? Ezra, love music, okay? I know better than that. Um, and And I learned this verse early on when I was a kid that said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Some of y'all are singing that little song we learned as kids, right? But isn't that true? Listen, God wants to give us things. God wants to bless us and, and God wants us to enjoy things on earth. Listen, he said, I've come that you might have life and have it abundantly. Here's what I've understood though. When I do things God's way and when I seek him first with the things that he's given me, those things that he's given me become better things. The, the, the point of Luke 14 was not get rid of your family, but listen, God is pro-family. And even though I love my wife and my daughters, I even have a dog that is off the charts. My dog's better than yours. As great as that is, listen, here's the deal. My family becomes greater when I, as the leader, put God first and seek him first in my home. Ask my wife that. She can tell you when I'm off, when my time with the Lord is not what it needs to be. She can see it. My family sees it. My neighbors see it. I mean, we, you know it. We know that. You have jobs. You work. By the way, if you can work, you should work. It's what God expects of us. I know some people can't, and, 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 and my heart goes out for those situations but even our jobs so many of us it's good to have a job it's good to work it's good to draw a paycheck it's good to make money but if you're not careful even that blessing of God in itself can be some become something that becomes more of a God in your life than the God of Abraham are you seeing what I'm saying you students have so many accomplishments over the last 13 years of your life it's just 12 years no count kindergarten I did the math 13 years or for some of us 14 years right but when those accomplishments and I place Christ first the accomplishments on the athletic field or in a band hall or on a stage or in a classroom when I place God first even all of those things they're better when I seek him first Matthew 633 in the contemporary English version says this more than anything else put God's work first Do what he wants. And all these other things, your things, well, they'll be yours as well. So let me ask you a question this morning. What are those things in life that are really important to you? Family, my job, athletics or successes, my friends, a hobby, a leisure, what, listen, what are those things that are important to you? Here's what seek first through those things means. Seek God first through those things. Through those things that he gives me, I wanna, I wanna act like Christ. I wanna think like him. I, I wanna obey him through all of these things that he's given me. And as I seek first Jesus, And the things that he's given me, they just become even better. So that's my encouragement for you today.
And I think that that's what Jesus was driving. That's what he was driving the people towards, this idea, hey, I don't want you to forget your family and I'm not asking you to go to a cross and, and die for me. Although some of those listeners that day did just that. But can we somehow make Jesus Christ our prime allegiance? Can we get to that place where we love him with everything we have? Even all the things of life, all those things are great. But listen, Jesus, you, you're first. And I want to live for you with all of these things that you've blessed me with. That's what it means. Jesus says, you're truly my disciple. If you will make me your prime allegiance. High school graduate, you'll go a long way in life if you'll learn that right now. Doesn't mean it's always gonna be easy. There are gonna be some, some, some opportunities. I don't like to call them challenges or difficulties. I like to call them opportunities. Why? They're opportunities for a good God in heaven to step in and do what he does. This is a word not just for high school graduates. It's for moms and dads. It's for those that are still in school. It's, this is a good word for all of us. The life that you were created for is better. The things that you've been blessed and given, they're better. When you put Jesus first. Would you stand with me today? And hey, ministry team, will you go ahead and make your way down to the front? You need to, guys need to know that every week we have an incredible opportunity available for you that if, if you're struggling or dealing with something, those of you that are even watching us online right now, you can text. There's a number that's gonna show up on your screen. You can text a need, a prayer request to, to one of our pastors that are watching right now and, and we will follow up with you on that. We take prayer seriously and we know, we know that there's so many of us that may be facing some sort of struggle right now. That's why we stand here ready to come alongside of you and encourage you because we know the one that, well, through him, all things are possible, amen? Here's what I really believe. God wants to do greater things in your life. His word says more than you can ever dream of or imagine. Put him first and see what happens. God, that's my prayer for all of us listening in this house or in their house today. God, I pray that we would make you our prime focus, our prime allegiance, that we would love you above everything else in this world, God. God, as we love you and as we give you first place in our lives, God, all the other things of our life, hey, you're gonna take care of all of that because we've gotten the main thing, the main thing. And that's Jesus. Jesus, I'm gonna thank you that you've never left me. Even those times in which I've turned my back and even in those times in which I thought I had it figured out and I could handle it. Well, you were always there for me to pick me up, dust me off and to set me back straight. Thank you, Lord. God, I pray that in my life more and more that I would be known as a man who is committed to Jesus following him. Lord, I want to think more like you. 
I want to act more like you. And Father, I want to be more obedient to the things you have for me. And I'm going to give you the glory as there's all of us in this room for the great things you do. It's in the holy name of Jesus, everybody said. Amen. You're dismissed.